Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to another healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. My name is Loren Gailey, and today we're going to be talking about the coming changes for humanity in messages that come from extraterrestrials, or beings not of this planet, but from other dimensions or places in the universe. Now, this might seem frightening to most, but this is not meant to be scary in any sense. Rather, this is a conversation of joy and hope because these beings, as my guest will share with you, know that there is a God or a central source, if you will, and these beings are working in concert with that central source. I'm honored to be speaking with Mark Kimmel, who is a former venture capitalist and a businessman really working it in the world, this third dimensional world, and he gave it all up and now he's an author and a spiritual teacher, if you will, who's had quite the awakening as to why he himself is here on this planet at this particular time in our history. Now you can Google his name, Mark Kimmel, K-I-M-M-E-L, M-A-R-K-K-I-M-M-E-L. Google him on YouTube or Google Video. He's got a presentation on really what's become his life's work, and that is spreading the messages that he receives from communication with extraterrestrials or these beings of higher frequencies or beings from higher dimensions. So thank you, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with us. It's my great pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, I enjoy talking about this topic so much, and it's always wonderful to have an opportunity to, to share it with other folks. Great. I do want to give out a website so people can write this down and look at your site as we're speaking today. It's www.cosmicparadigm.com. Cosmic, C-O-S-M-I-C, Paradigm, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M, Dot com. You have all of the messages that you've received from these beings, and you've started something called Mark's Corner, where all these messages are archived. Before we get into that, can you share with us, how did you come in contact with these entities or beings? When was it in your life, and what happened? Okay, let's go back to 1987. And in 1987, I got the tap on the shoulder which was my wake-up call. At that time, I was a venture capital executive, uh, running venture capital funds and that type of thing, and uh, was sitting on the boards of directors of a number of companies all over the U.S. and had investors in these funds of mine from all over the world. So I was deeply steeped, shall we say, in the business world, and uh, not at all open to any of this kind of stuff. I had not, you know, I, w- I was not a star Trekkie. I didn't read a lot of science fiction. Uh, it's not what I grew up on. I was, uh, I was in the world of innovation and uh, high technology and that type of stuff. So uh, what happened to me, and I do this in retrospect because at the time I didn't really understand what was going on, um, Three beings appeared in my room uh, on several successive nights. I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want anything to do with this, and it was really quite frightening. Um, My business partners immediately sensed that something had changed. I was no longer this aggressive businessman, uh, and so I eventually left the business world behind, and that was in... uh, 1996, and went back to school to get a master's in psychology, Uh, because at that point in time, I started to ask a lot of questions about what's really going on here. I've changed. Uh, I don't really understand it, so I thought, oh, we'll go back and do a little psychology. So I was a year into that program 
into my master's and was sitting down preparing to do an academic uh, report of some sort. And all of a sudden, my first book, uh, the name of the book is Trillion, spilled out of the typewriter, word processor, if you will. Uh, and within 90 days, all of a sudden, I had a book. And I, again, I had no intention of ever writing a book. It was not a lifelong ambition. You know, I was writing business plans and legal documents and that type of thing. And all of a sudden, now I'm writing a book. So the first book, again, the name of it is Trillion. It's available on Amazon and all the bookstores. Came out, and it was all about extraterrestrials who are here among us, and they are very human-like uh, and almost indistinguishable from the rest of us. Now, what has happened to me since that time is I've had the opportunity to run into some of these characters. Uh, and indeed, they are very human-like, and they tell us that they are our ancestors, that they came here, they brought us here a few hundred thousand years ago. So my story then evolved. I wrote uh, two, two other books, actually four other books after that, and then last summer, uh, they began to say to me, uh, we would like to go and start uh, giving you some information and have you posted on your website. And I said, oh, no way, I'm not, I'm not going to get into this business of channeling. And they said, well, okay. And so they kept after me, and it took, uh, I think, a couple of months before they finally persuaded me that let's try it. And then I found out that I could sit and uh, type their messages. And all of a sudden, I had something that I could post on the Internet. So I created Mark's Corner at that time. And, uh, well, the rest of it you can read on Mark's Corner. And so we can, we can talk about the content. But I find it really interesting from my perspective as to how much I have changed from being a workaholic venture capitalist a uh, new business guy to what I'm doing today, which is basically giving messages that I receive from uh, beings who are not of this planet. That is amazing, and I do want everyone just to go into Mark's Corner and read some of those. I'll share some of those in a minute, but you know, Mark, you said you were a little freaked out or it was a little scary. What did they look like? They just appeared in your room? Could you see through them? Was it like a ghost or was it definitely what we see in the movies as an E.T.? No, it was just energy, just energy. At that time, there was no, I didn't sense anything other than there were, there were people in my room and I knew they were there. It was, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of a dark thing. And I said, I don't want any part of this. Get out of here. Uh, so, no, I did not, quote, see them, but I sensed them very definitely they were there. Now, I've had the opportunity to do some uh, regression, and I now know that what happened is that there were three, uh, let's, let's, for lack of a better definition, call them celestials that came in. Uh, they were not embodied. And uh, they basically said, okay, you agreed to do this when you uh, came to this planet, and now it's time, so wake up and let's get with it. Uh, and, of course, there was a long conversation because this was something quite different than what I was doing already. And this was basically taking, you know, this is a conversation that took place at the soul level, the astral level, however we want to put it. It was not a conversation between Mark Kimmel in physical form and three beings, but it was very, very real. Wow. So we are actually changing the idea of an ET and getting that little green man idea out of our head and calling this a celestial being, which really, again, is from another dimension, here working to help us create a new civilization that's love-bound from what your site says. You mentioned that many are here on the planet now and are all around us. Would you call these walk-ins, which is a soul exchange with another person incarnated already on this planet, or do they come in and leave? The answer is yes to all the above. 
there, there are some walk-ins, and I know several of them. There are some of the ETs that have come in. If they are not an exact human form that might fit in with our society, they have the ability to shift into human form in such a way that you cannot distinguish them from your best friend. But I have, and then I have also seen some that are clearly not human. So mm. I have that privilege, I, I call it a privilege to have seen all these different manifestations. Uh, that, um, and it's, it's, you know, am I going to talk about them in detail? No, because they've said, if you talk about them in detail, we're not going to do this anymore. And so I, I can allude to them and say, yeah, this has happened to me. They're real. Uh, I have been told there's about one million of them here on the planet. What are they doing? Steering us in the right direction? They're here trying to teach, to steer, to a challenge, uh, to go and open our eyes, and to try to get us to wake up to the, to the place where we will go and take charge of our lives. Because most people nowadays simply don't do that. Uh, they simply abrogate and say, well, okay, you know, let's, let's just all get along. We'll go along with the flow. Um, whatever it is uh, that's on sale on TV, that sounds good. We'll go with it. Uh, you know, we'll eat the fast food. We'll live the good life. And we're here just to enjoy things. Um, that's the attitude. And what they're trying to do is to say, no, that's not the reason you're here. Yeah, it's okay to have fun, but there is a larger challenge, and that is to reclaim your planet. Your planet has been wrested away from you, and it's your job, because you're here, you volunteered to come here, and it's your job now to take back your planet. And that begins with, according to many of the messages that you've received, it begins with the economy. A lot was mentioned in your teaching that we are enslaved, that, that humankind is enslaved here. We need to remove those boundaries. We need to secure food for ourselves. Can you talk more about the coming changes that we face? So what's going on? Dark energies and that dark energy pattern that kept us enslaved is being removed? Yeah, let's, let's talk about the enslavement because that, that enslavement concept comes from those folks from other planets and other dimensions. And they're saying, you know, what you have going on here on this planet is not the case in almost everywhere else in the universe. Everywhere else in the universe, people cooperate. Everywhere else in the universe, people love each other. Everywhere else in the universe, people accept one another for just who they are. Everywhere else in the universe, there are not these structures like uh, governments and taxing systems and monetary systems and uh, religious systems and all this type of thing and corporations that basically uh, are in place to really do the bidding of a select few at the top and everybody else gets to uh, go and be at the bottom of the pyramid. These are not in place anywhere else in the universe. In the universe, everybody else gets along. We don't have wars. We don't have competition. Um, it's quite a different place. And so we want you folks here on Earth to wake up. We want you to go and realize that you are enslaved that's the very first thing and then realize that it doesn't have to be this way you don't have to live like this so that's the first thing and then we are being asked to go and take charge of our lives um, but everybody says but we've been trying to do this for thousands of years and we haven't really made any progress so then the question becomes, okay, what's different this time around? 
So we've been enslaved for a few thousand years, and they have sent all these marvelous teachers in the past and all these folks that have come here to help us. So what's different this time around? Well, this time around we have a million non-humans here on the planet walking around trying to help. This time around we have an armada of ships circling the planet and elsewhere in our solar system, and there are several billion beings on those who are here to help remove the dark energy. Actually, they've done a great job already with the dark energy. You know, right after the Second World War, there was so much fear and uh, dark things that had happened during that time, mm. all of the fighting had gone, that the planet was really in very, very bad shape. And so the, the planet, who is a living entity, cried out and said, hey, I need help. I can't handle this. I'm really sick. I need help. And so a number of very large ships with very powerful energy sources came to Earth's, uh, you know, at, at Earth's request and basically started feeding her energy kind of like a transfusion. And so she's been on the mend for the last 60 years. She's been basically getting better. Now, it may not appear that way to us, but the level of fear in the humans has diminished now to the point where uh, Earth is feeling pretty good, feeling pretty healthy. And so that was the first thing that happened when this armada of ships showed up, and then there's been more and more and more of them. So now the dark energy that I allude to in my uh, postings is on its way out. It, it can't handle this much light, this much energy, this much love. It just doesn't want to be here anymore. However, there are still a lot of the ETs who were allied with the dark energy, and they're walking around the planet. They're still in positions of power. They're still doing their thing. And so we're still, you know, for all practical purposes, fighting the battle. But they understand, the dark ones do, that it's a losing battle, and they're in their final death throes, if you will. So that's how I see the situation. I see it very positively. I think we're going to wind up with an incredibly beautiful place here. Not everybody's going to want to stick around because it's going to be a lot of big changes. But I think those of us that do stick around are going to find ourselves living on a very loving, beautiful, pleasant place. You know, many different philosophies in what some call the New Age all point up to this time, 2012. Some call it the Great Shift. Do you have a name for it? Is it a transition? Is, is that part of what we're dealing with here, too, as we move into the more of the love-based? society? The information I've been given is that we're going to go through a trifurcation. Trifurcation means a splitting into three. And the trifurcation goes something like this, and um, it's, on, it's on Mark's Corner in several different places, and there is one of the messages that's entitled trifurcation back in uh, April, I think it was, April or May. Um, basically what they're telling me is that, look, there's a trifurcation. There are those people who we will call light workers, for lack of a better definition, and they're the ones that really know what's going on. They're the ones that are willing to stand up and put themselves out and try to make a difference from, the, from, from a love base. And then there are those that uh, really are pretty self-centered, and are still trying to go and get all they can and uh, simply lead the good life, uh, try to control other people, try to control their own destiny. Um, so that's the second group. And the third group is the other 90% of the people on the planet who are basically asleep. Now, keep, keep in mind that about half the planet exists on, you know, a dollar a day in terms of earnings and they are just barely scraping by. 
And so there's no criticism intended of those folks, but they they find it really hard to be terribly conscious and aware if you're struggling just to stay alive. Mm-hmm. So that's the third group. And there's then there's a lot of people here in you know the United States and other other countries, developed countries, who choose to just stay asleep uh, and not be awake. So there's a trifurcation and. Uh, the people who are awake, who are with it, who are willing to go and become the caretakers of the new earth are going to go with the planet. The, uh, those that continue to ally themselves with the dark energies are going to be physically removed and they get to go somewhere that has an energy that uh, resonates with them. And then the third group, which is the other 90%, are going to be very gently removed from the planet and put onto another planet or two, which is a third dimension, and they get to continue their lives. It's really kind of neat. They wake up on that next planet thinking they've always lived there, thinking that their ancestors had been there, and uh, they get to continue their lives in a third dimension way until they wake up and can uh, go with the transformation. So that's my trifurcation. That's what I've been given. Um, I think it's rather beautiful the way it plays out because it gives everybody a chance to make their own individual choice as to which of the three groups they want to be in. And uh, do they want to go forward? Do they want to go and kind of stay where they are? Or are they going to resist everything and suffer the consequences? Mm-hmm. You've also mentioned something in your messages one of your postings, it was on January 3rd of this year, was a message that you received from Moraine, from the planet Seplin, of the star system Altar, which says, as we transition to a new civilization, there will be no disease because the dark energies that caused a diseased frequency will be removed. You want to share any comments on this? Sure, sure. That's one of my favorite ones. What, what we now understand is that, uh, well, for, first of all, I have to go back, step back just a little bit and understand that everything is energy. Uh, this physical domain in which we live is simply energy slowed, what we call third dimension. Uh, it's very slow. Uh, those from off planet who step in here say it's kind of like walking into a jar of molasses. It's very slow very heavy. Um, so what, what we know is that there are, when, when things coalesce, is the easiest way to think of this, from an energy that is of a higher frequency into this physical domain, they, they manifest in different ways. So we now have some pretty good information that uh, these frequencies which are not in our best interests, they come into this dimension, if you will, as viruses. And uh, we are constantly being bombarded with frequencies. Uh, Some are of love and they are uplifting. Some are not so loving and they are not uplifting. Uh, But there's been a lot of work done by uh, a group called... uh, energetic matrix and uh, they go and publish every month the frequencies that are coming in and are manifesting as viruses. I find it just fascinating that that's the way that works. So if we are not being bombarded by these dark energies, we won't have any viruses because they are not indigenous to this planet. These were all brought here from off planet. Fascinating. You've had celestial beings come and work on you. You were sick earlier this year, and you posted that Rosio came in and assisted you in cleansing your body for higher frequencies to come in, that we are actually ascending to a higher light body. Tell us more about that. Early February, I got very sick. Basically, all my major systems shut down simultaneously. Um, 
you know, everything from uh, all my digestive, my urinary, my cardiovascular, uh, my skin, uh, all these different systems decided that they were going to erupt or malfunction. You know, I wound up with very high temperatures. I wound up with, uh, oh, it was, it was just ugly. Um, you know, skin eruptions, uh, blood in the urine, oh, it's just on and on and on, okay? And at one point I said, look, do you guys want me here or don't you? Um, and they said, yeah, we want you here. And I said, well, then, come on, let's get with it. I want a miracle because uh, well, yeah, there's stuff happening here. We don't understand. I went to a doctor. They uh, drew some blood, and the doctor looked at my blood analysis, and she said, I am shocked. I've never seen anything like this before because I was so out of whack in terms of what was going on. Um, but it took, and it took about six weeks for me to recover, uh, and I'm just, you know, it took about six weeks fully recovered, and so I'm now back in good health. But what happened is Rosio showed up after the fact, not while it was happening, and said, yeah, we needed to do a little work on you. And I said, yeah, but, you know, I didn't read the fine print, which said that we didn't have to do it all at one time. We could have done it mm -hmm. in stages. And he said, well, we got it over with, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. So that's, that's what happened, and, uh, they, uh, and everyone is getting some level of work done on them to go and reconnect some of the strands of DNA, to energize them, to awaken them. Uh, and it's all being done in a very loving way. Uh, and if you are aware that these things are going on with you, you know, it's like, oh, thank you very much, uh, because I'm now certainly more awake and alive and my body is in better shape than it was before. I want to go back and, and ask you, you, when you were talking about the trifurcation, and you said that some would be physically removed. Do you know, is this a holographic, do you know about holograms and people being removed from their holograms and someone else stepping in in place, like for dark energies, for example? Well, at... At some level, we live in a holographic uh, world. I mean, this whole thing, when I described before, that we are basically energy slowed to a physical dimension. So I look upon all of us as being very sophisticated holograms, you, me, and everybody else. Now, if I'm a hologram, that means that from an energetic standpoint, um, I can be removed and someone else can be put into my place and they can appear to be just like me. And that happens. Um, I have seen people, you know, uh, shift in and out of different uh, ways in which they present themselves. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. What does it look like? Is it just a change of expression? Oh, no. No, no. They, they physically shift from being fully human to being something less than or more than human. And I guess that is within each of us in our ability well, or the coming abilities. Yeah, I think that um, I, I don't know that I can do it myself, and I have no desire to do it myself, but... Um, I, I have had that experience of watching, uh, you know, some, someone do that and then shift back into a pure human form. Wow. Okay. Now, you say on your website, each of us should take careful note and consider whether they wish to act in accordance with the cosmic paradigm. And one of these, number three, says, we are being invited to become members of the cosmic family. To qualify, we must reverse this planet from its current devolving condition, and we must do it very soon. So again, here's more of that personal responsibility and choice, too. That's it. You know, I think that uh, one of the things that's very hard for most humans to do 
is to take total responsibility for everything that happens in their lives. Uh, we do have free will. We do have the ability to go and make choices, and we do that every day. You know, we we vote every day with how we spend our money. That, that's that's the biggest voting that goes on in our society, is how do you spend your money, and then we also vote with how we spend our time. So, what I what occurs to me more and more now is that, look, we're part of a big family, a family of the universe. And because we now understand that there are a lot of other beings in the universe that are not too much different than us, and by the way, they are all God's children, and we need to go and respect them as our brothers and sisters, that then we can go and say, all right, I want to be a cosmic citizen, I want to go and interact with people from other planets. And I want to do this in a very loving and uplifting way. And if I have that intention, I can probably make something like that come to pass. So for me, it's a very uplifting way to look at things. One of the interesting things is our, our friends, the ETs, say, we don't believe in God. No, we don't believe in God. We know there's a God. None of this belief stuff. We just know there is. We interact with him, her, it. And to me, that's very powerful. We are, we're cooperating. We're all part of a family. And uh, so that's my message more than anything else, is that the, there is a oneness to everything, an incredible oneness, and we're all part of that oneness, and... The sooner we wake up to that fact and become uh, part of the solution rather than continuing to be part of the problem, um, you know, we can get this planet squared away. We can get uh, our own lives squared away. And that then comes back to the very fundamental thing. How do we go and take care of ourselves in terms of being healthy? Uh, We have a responsibility there. How do we take care of ourselves in terms of what we are putting into our minds and our emotions as well as our physical bodies? Uh, so we, there, there's a big, big subject there we can delve into. Mm-hmm. When do you think the government or the world is going to recognize that this is going on instead of shoving it under the rug? Very soon. I had thought that, um, you know, we might have something by now. I had sincerely hoped we would have something by now. Um, I would uh, hope that it would happen very shortly. You had referenced uh, before the uh, 2012. Uh, To me, 2012 is kind of an elusive thing. I don't tend to get pinned down in terms of specific dates. Mm -hmm. Try not to. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, we operate in linear time, but nobody else in the universe does. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2012 is kind of like a, an objective. I see it as the beginning, not the end. Mm-hmm. I see it as the beginning of a new Earth. And I think between now and 2012, we're going to have many, many exciting events. There's not going to be any one big event. It's going to be a series of events and I was hoping that the first of those had already occurred by now. It hasn't. Uh, what they've said is, well, we were planning to do one, but something came up, so we had to delay a little bit. We're still going to do it. January 18th of this year, two days before Obama was inaugurated into office, it was a Sunday evening, we're up in the, in the foothills of Colorado, so we can see literally forever across the skies. We're very fortunate. Well, my husband and I saw some lights, and it was as if they were in a cigar-shaped rectangle, six orange-yellowish rectangle lights that wouldn't blink, but they would illuminate and then fade. And we saw no motion in this ship, but then the next time they would illuminate and fade, it would only be for two seconds or less. It was not long at all. But it was closer to us, and, we, and it was bigger, and we could then start to see an arc. And my husband and I, this is the first time anything, well, he had seen something decades ago, 
But this was the first time for me and that I had ever witnessed anything like this, and my knees got shaky, and it was almost as if it was just not toying with us, but I, maybe I was expecting something to happen, and it never really did. We just, for the course of 60 minutes or so, we just saw every couple of minutes, maybe every five to eight minutes, the illumination in the sky. And if you hold your arm out and hold your thumb and your finger um, wide, maybe four to six inches wide, that's the space of this craft hanging in the sky. And if you notice what a, the size of a plane is, it's just a speck in the sky, not even a fingertip, right? So that is quite a large object. And I just wanted to share that with you because I would love to see it again. I did get freaked out, and so I don't know what that was all about. I had a very similar experience the very first time I was out in the field uh, with a group of people intentionally going out and asking for contact. Uh, there was I th what I would, have, would now call a ship, a craft, and it approached the group of us and I have to say, I was I was trembling from head to foot. I was so excited, and uh, it came up close to us, and then backed off, and came up again close, and then backed off. And what I've come to understand is it was basically sampling the energy of everybody in the group mm. because it didn't want to go and make a big appearance and uh, you know freak anybody out. Oh. So. I think they have the sensitivity of being able to uh, sense your energy. It's kind of like calling to you and saying, hey, look at me, and, uh, oh, by the way, I want to sense who you are and sense your energy because uh, I am friendly, and uh, I don't want to go and cause you any trauma, but um, it is kind of exciting. Uh, but let, let's, let's, you know... Let's leave it at this for right now, and maybe we'll show up again sometime. Okay, that would be fun. I've been waiting. I've been looking. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So. You know, I, I say to people that have had uh, real great experiences, oh, you are some of the lucky ones because not everybody gets to do that. Uh, I've had some, you know, some very good sightings of my own, some physical sightings. Of, I've watched a, a craft come out of the side of a mountain down in southern Colorado, very exciting. Um, and uh, so we, we see these things happening, and it's kind of like, okay, here, here's, uh, you know, here's something to go and make more concrete all the feelings you've been having. And uh, how much of this do we need to do? I don't know. Um, I'm not getting any more right now. Okay, exciting, very exciting. Let's open up the phone lines. Wow. I want to ask if any if anyone has a UFO. Let's not even I don't even like the word UFO anymore. Do you? I like IFO, identified flying object because we know what they are. Okay, there we go. How's that? That's good. Michelle, are you on the line? Oh yeah, thank you so much for that, Mark. What a what a great call, packed with information. I was really relating with a lot of the things that you were saying. In terms of my experience and, and seeing an IFO, I guess you could say I I hadn't really planned on talking about my experience, and I don't really talk about it because to me, I I don't have um, they're there. I know they're there. I feel their energy and I feel their love and I I just feel um, that's my family. That's how I feel. And uh, I had gone to a conference on orbs in Palm Springs, and James Gilliland was the speaker, and he was talking about UFOs, and um, it was the first time I ever really heard a conversation to that depth and that, that level, and I was relating with everything he was saying so much that I was crying in the audience, just feeling so at home, like, I got it. I finally understood where I came from, and um, afterwards, he and I connected, and we had just, it was a, an amazing, like, a reconnection. We knew that we had known, known each other before, and it was a very powerful reconnection, and that night when I was... Um, 
leaving the conference in the hotel area to go back to the house I had rented, I looked up in the sky and I was listening to, um, gosh, the soundtrack from across the universe with all the Beatles songs. And, and I got this on video too, because I was in the car, the soundtrack was on, but I had my camera with me and, uh, what's the song? Um, let it be was on, you know, oh. mother Mary came to me with the words of wisdom, let it be. I mean, it was just amazing that the timing of it all, yeah. I look up in the sky and I see this, I thought it was a star and it was so bright. And I thought, I was just driving, and I it was straight ahead, and I thought, "Are you really a star? You're you're so bright." I, I I couldn't help but notice it, and then all of a sudden it turned colors, and it changed to green, and then I went, "Oh my gosh!" And I pulled my camera out, I pulled over to the side of the road, and I just I just videotaped it as it changed colors and blinked at me, and it was like it was communicating with me, and it followed me home. And when I got to the house, I took more video of it and Lorraine you'll you'll be happy to know it was one eleven AM. <laughs> oh wow. So, there's my numbers. I always see the eleven elevens and the, the master numbers, the ones, the fives, the sixes, the nines and now the twos, now that my father's passed, I see the twos a lot. And so I really felt like, wow, you I felt so comforted. You walked me home and then the next day I showed the the video to Michal Ledwith and to James Gilliland and they both smiled and I said to James, Did you send that did you send them to watch over me to get home? And he said, Well I did kind of say a little something, you know, and I thought, Oh, how cute but um that was my experience, you know, and I came home. I didn't feel like I even needed to tell people about it. It was just my personal experience, and I just felt safe and comforted. And, you know, I I love what you, what you said when you talked about the different, um, I think you talked a little bit about different energy imprints and the different energies that you feel. That's one thing that I think... Um, I'm finding in my own self that, that I'm recognizing people's energy signatures a lot more now. Like, I'll, I'll talk with someone, and immediately I'll feel their energy the same as or, or similar as somebody else's. So I'm grouping people by their energy signatures. I was out at the Integratron in Joshua Tree, and I met one of the, the sisters, one of the owners, Joanne, and we were talking, and I just really related with her, and I just felt her her vibration and her energy and I loved her immediately and I don't know what made me ask but I said do you know who Greg Braden is now mind you I've never met Greg Braden I've never read his books I've just felt his presence and his energy through a YouTube video that I saw and people talking about him and I've read his excerpts of, of his books I get the gist of what they're about and um I felt her energy was the same as Greg Braden's energy, and she just lit up like a Christmas tree and said, he's one of my best friends. I went to Egypt with him. Oh, and yeah. and I, I said, oh, my gosh, I just I don't even know him, but I just feel you as being that same family as him. And that's what I'm finding is that we're we're all finding each other again. We're all reconnecting as as each one of us wakes up to whatever is encoded in our DNA and we get that little like you said, the tap on the shoulder and we wake up and we realize that we are all a circle of radiant love. When I gather people together, I do a lot of what they suggest that you do, but I had never even known that they were doing this. It was just something that was given to me. Just gather the people and since we're all made up of energy, I feel it's so important. And the messages I've been given are gather the people and set your intentions on the vibrations of love and peace and harmony and unity and joy and abundance. And it's that by those vibrations as a collective, once we all focus our energies on those vibrations, we, we actually have the power to co-create and send those vibrations into the earth on all these hot spots. When I was in Mount Shasta, I asked everyone to send those energies to Iran and Iraq and Israel and Darfur and all these places in the all over the world that are hot spots that really need healing. And what is it that heals? The love. Love is the healer. So that's kind of where my where my energy goes. And it fits in with what you're saying the celestials are telling us, that there's there's no, no need for war or violence or competition. And I'm often um, 
I'm often kind of blown away when I see what I call light workers. You use the term light workers. When I see people like us that have, have gotten the message, that understand that love is the ultimate force, and we need to go back to that. And then I see light workers who say, oh, don't tell that person that because they're my competition. And I look at them and think, there's no competition. If you're a massage therapist that does healing, and there's 50,000 of you, your soul family, the people who are meant to find you will find you because they look for your energy signature. That's what we're all, that's where our vibrations are going now. How do, how do you feel about that? Is that kind of where you're? It's so interesting as you're talking. Um, I spent a year travel, pulling a big uh, fifth wheel trailer around the country and mm-hmm. had the opportunity to meet with a lot of people and then I've given talks all over the country and several other foreign countries. So I've had an opportunity to meet with a lot of different people. And my experience is, yes, that you can read these energy signatures. You really can. And there are people that are part of what I would call my soul group that I just naturally resonate with because we seem to be very closely allied. At the same time, I've talked to all these people that have had experiences like you had with the uh, IFOs or other experiences. Some of these people have been on board craft. Some have had experiences since they were you know, small children of interacting with ETs. By and large, I would say that 99% of all these experiences have been very positive, very loving, and people would love to have more of them as opposed to the kind of stuff that gets publicized so much, which is, oh, I was abducted, you know, I was implanted, I was all these terrible things that happened to me. No, almost everybody I know that has had a really nice experience, first of all, they, they want to remain very private. And so I don't, you know, I don't talk about specific people, I don't uh, give their names out or anything like that, because they've said, Mark, this is a beautiful experience, I would like to have more of it, was very loving and so you know if I know several hundred of these people by this point in time there's got to be millions of them around the planet that have also had these experiences yeah I I agree the people that I've met I have met a couple people who um, you know have talked about the uh, these other energies and you know I have ambivalent feelings about about that because I really feel like um, it's so important for us to focus on the positive energies and not not give energy to anything that's dark. And a lot of times I'm accused of being too airy-fairy and I'm, you know, people just say, you know, Michelle is just love, love, love. People have called me a walk, uh, a heart chakra on rollerblades is what one of my friends called me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to focus on love. I don't want to focus on darkness or any of that stuff, but... You know, so many people had, had, have, in my soul family, I guess you could say, so many of my soul family members have met me and said, Michelle, you are too open, and when you shine your light that bright, you're targeted by some of these forces that don't want that. And I say, oh, Pisha, I'm totally protected, I'm fine. And then I did have an experience where they... One of my friends called it a psychic attack that I just couldn't understand why anyone would do that to me. You know, why my my back was so out, you know, I was on a pain level 10. I've never experienced that before, even during childbirth. I was in so much pain, and this recently happened to me. And I thought, I, I just don't want to buy into that. I see it as an illusion. Maybe I, you know, needed to go through that to get to the other side of healing, but... Um, as far as the dark, the people and talking about dark forces and all that, where do you stand on that? Do you do you think it's good that people ha, you know have an idea that it's there, but we focus ninety eight percent of our energy on the positive forces? Yeah, I uh, I encourage people to understand that these dark forces exist, that there are people who have basically bought into the dark. And these are the people that are totally committed to making money and uh, 
controlling things and that type of thing. They do exist. I have met them. I know some of them. But having said that they do exist and recognizing that at this point in time, they basically are from a, from a total world perspective, they're still running the show because we still have the wars and we still have huge military budgets and we have lots of people killing each other and so on. So, yeah, it's there, but I'm with you in that we don't need to give it energy. What we need to do is shine the light on it. Right. Uh, so, yes, having said that it's there doesn't mean I have to go wallow in it. Um, and I certainly don't have to go and buy into the fear. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I'm going to go and take care of myself. I'm going to be cautious. Um, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, uh, seek out those people that I can resonate with. Um, I find that's much more productive than trying to go up against people who want, you know, they don't want to hear what I have to say. And that's fine. Uh, when they're ready, they will seek out a teacher. Uh, and maybe I can be that teacher, and maybe somebody else will be that teacher. Very well said. When you talk about preparing, preparing for what? What we're going to have is a, a uh, I, don't, I don't like the word battle, but let's use that because there's no other word that comes to my mind right now. But we're going to have a battle which is going to be the light energy versus the dark energy. Now, the light energy will ultimately go and overcome the dark because it's much more powerful. But we're going to have a lot of resistance from the dark. And because people don't understand what's going on, we're going to have some dislocations in our societies. We're going to have some chaos um, because Earth has to go and get herself squared away. We cannot go and just continue to put band-aids over our economy, over our government, over our health care system, and that type of thing. We've been putting band-aids on these things for thousands of years. It's gotten only marginally better. We're going to have to have some fairly fundamental changes made in, and let them, let's just pick one, the monetary system, okay? Yeah. Monetary system right now is in a world of hurt. I mean, our money isn't worth anything. The government is printing it like crazy, and all the, all the countries in the world are trying to fight this recession, and the way in which they're doing it is, let's see how much money we can print. We'll make loans and all this type of thing. But they're not carrying anything, and in reality, all they're doing is just to debase the currency. Um, sooner or later, that all comes home to roost, and so we're going to have some real severe dislocations. When the currency goes and people start stop taking the dollar for what it's worth and they say, no, I want something better than that, then we're going to have economic problems and that type of thing. And this, this is not necessarily dark side. This is just reality, that this is going to happen on the way to getting to a planet that is totally of the light. And so I see some dislocations. And the dislocations I see as an example, if we stop paying the workers who man the generators that create the electricity, then we may go and have some severe blackouts. Or if we are no longer able to continue to dig in the earth for the coal and the oil, we're going to have some severe dislocations. Now, our friends from Altair have said to me, look, we are bringing alternative sources of electricity to your planet. We have some of them in place. We're not quite there yet. There's going to be some dislocations because we can't take care of everything all at the same time, but you people have got to stop burning fossil fuels. Yes, I think we all know that. Yeah, so there's going to be some dislocations because there's not going to be this magic wand that gets uh, you know, waved over everything, and it turns out to be just wonderful. So the dislocations I see are for a relatively short period of time, but we better be prepared for them. And so that's that's all I'm saying. When you when you say that uh, personally, what have you done? What steps have you taken to prepare? 
Uh, we store food and water. Uh, we have a we have a garden, and I tell people that they ought to have uh, some a few silver coins, some gold, that type of thing, simply because that is much more secure than paper dollars. And I have diversified as best I can and not put all my money in one place. What little money I have. Um, but I think the big thing is simply be aware of the fact that at some time, you know, it's like having a blizzard or a, uh, a hurricane or some other catastrophe. You may not be able to go down to the corner store and buy everything you want. So you better have something on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And I, I suggest to people they have about three months' worth of food um, stored up, and some of it you can share with other people. I do not think we're going back to a a primitive society. That's not in the cards, but I do think we're going to have some dislocations. And hopefully we're able to ease those dislocations by transitioning through our economy. New solutions emerging right now. I don't know what you do when you keep printing money out of thin air, but there's even things in our economy that are on the up and up and good. I don't I still don't know how we're going to get over the the dollar. I don't unless it's all wiped out and everyone has an equal share. I I envision the best. I envision a world of community and cooperation. It would be wonderful if we had a world without banks. But some others have said it's impossible. You can't get around that. You need banks. I I don't believe that. Well, Catherine Austin Fitz who you've mentioned, also is going around and teaching communities how to develop their own little bank. So hopefully we're seeing some transitions in our energy. We do need to make some transitions in our economy and our religions. It's going to be fun to watch how this all plays out. Oh, it's going to be fascinating. And again, I am very positive. I see very clearly you know, those messages that uh, Moraney went and gave me right at the first of the year are very, very positive in terms of this is what we're going to. It's a beautiful, wonderful, incredible world. And then the next message that comes along is, however, there's going to be some disruptions between here and there. It's not just going to be a wave a magic wand and it instantly happens. No, we're going to go through some tough times. Part of the reason we need to go through some of this is that people have to go and play out the results of their actions, and they have to take responsibility for what they're doing. If we go and simply wave a magic wand, then we basically have taken away their free will, and that that does not happen. Great. Well, thank you. I want to leave with one last little snippet, if you will. It comes from Mark's Corner of February 27th of this year, and it says, Many people await our physical manifestation, the coming of our ships. It is much more important to see the truth of the larger picture, particularly from an energetic point of view, as Michelle was talking about, and to comprehend that we are all one. When these concepts are ingrained, then the appearance of our great starcraft and other ships will not induce fear. We will be welcomed as your brothers and sisters. Well, what more What more could I possibly add to those beautiful words? I mean, to me, that's, it is so wonderful to think that, indeed, we are all one. We are all part of this wonderful universe, and that... We are going to be accepted for who we are. We're going to be loved. And, uh, you know, I I really look forward to that. I do very much. Uh, I would comment that um, the books that I have published over the last uh, 10 years now all deal with this same subject matter. And they are the kind of books that you can give to people who are kind of on the fence and are wanting to go and uh, know more but aren't quite sure that they really buy into this yet. So uh, go to uh, Amazon, go to uh, my own website. We sell the books there. And these these books are written in story form, so they're easy to go and give away to uh, those people that are kind of on the fence and would like to, you know, know more, but they 
aren't quite ready to have it shoved down their throat. And your website again is www.cosmicparadigm.com. Cosmicparadigm.com. Mark, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you so much. I've enjoyed it. And this concludes another healing conversation by AcousticHealth.com.